Hello and welcome back to the Make Lemonade podcast, the show brought to you by Lemon Squeezy as we hope to inspire you to make money from your own lemonade stand. I'm one of your co-hosts, James, and I'm back here with JR Farr, who is the co-founder and CEO of Lemon Squeezy. Today, we're launching a new series called Project 100K, which is my journey as a creator going from zero to $100,000 this year selling through Lemon Squeezy. Now, I've been a podcast producer for years, but I'm yet to figure out how I can stop trading my time for money and build an asset that makes money for me while I sleep. So in this first episode, JR turns coach as we brainstorm new ideas and figure out a new direction for me to make 100k this year as a creator. But first, we uncover a shocking revelation about JR. Let's get into this episode. Okay, all right. I've had an interesting day today. I was with my mum. My mum's in a wheelchair and I'm pushing her home. We turn around the corner and there's a cat that meows at us. And you know I'm a cat guy. I've got my... I, I, love, the, I love the little things. And there's this, this cat just meowing at us and it looks really scruffy, but it's really friendly. Then it like jumps up onto my mum's lap on the wheelchair and we're like, this is really odd. I'm like, do we just sort of leave this, this cat? What do we do? Like, I didn't have a collar on or anything. So we took it to the vets. Turned out it was lost over a year ago and they've, they've just been reunited with it. Wow. That's a crazy story. Uh, I, have a, I have a confession. Go on. I'm trying to think how to deliver this message to you. <laughs> You're going to break my heart. I hate cats. No! <laughs> JR. I love dogs. Hate cats. Do you think there's like anybody in between or do you think people just like love cats or hate them? Or do you think it's just like, all right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't hate, I just, they're not my cup of tea. Okay. So I know so many people like this and I've put a lot of thought into this too, JR, because people that are dog people tend to hate cats. People Mm. that are cat people tend to like both. It's quite rare you get someone, uh, someone who loves dogs that also like really loves cats. Dog people, they're just like, I don't get why you want some like this thing that you have to like earn its attention and love i'm like that's exactly why cats are so good because you do have to earn its attention why do you want this animal to love you so easy jr do you not want to put the work in the effort in to make a fluffy creature love you that that's my thing with dogs right i love dogs i think they're wonderful creatures i think they're, they're hard work but they're awesome but they're always just so happy to see you cats they decide you've got to be a good person for a cat to like you otherwise they are not interested yeah cats cats freak me out why do they freak you out they're they're cute little fluffy fellas no cats cats are really yeah no i get i get it and there's some cats that are but it's just i think it's a personality conflict i never know what they're thinking i don't know when they're (laughs) going to attack me i don't know when they're going to hiss at me i don't know when they're going to be home i don't know when they're you know what i mean it's like i just I don't need that in my life. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. And yeah. Well, you know what, JR, I have been openly uh, admiring you and how much I like you and how much I respect you throughout the years, but I'm afraid <laughs> I'm going all of down, that's out I'm the window now. the scale. All right. So what are we talking about today, James? Me. Me, myself, and I. <laughs> and it, it, it felt a bit odd bringing this to you, but... Throughout the years, I've been like dabbling in side projects and I've 
built some info products. That's how I initially found Lemon Squeezy. But right now, I'm at a bit of a crossroads and I'm not entirely sure what direction I wanted to go in. And you, JR, you've mentored people throughout the years. You've got a different perspective on how people should approach business or their entrepreneurial journeys. So I thought we could use this episode for you to address some of the things going on in my situation and maybe brainstorm what direction I should go in for the kind of end goal of becoming a lemon squeezy seller. So it's almost a live case study. So do you think in this episode we can do that? But I think it's good. I think it's a good time too because we've had some good guests and we have some really, really good guests that are coming up. And so this is a good kind of just little break. And I also think it could be even a, this could actually be a series, James, where we kind of follow along your journey of building you into the, uh, I don't know what we call you yet, but you're going to, you're going to transform yourself to something new. From zero to million dollar lemon squeezy seller. Yeah. And following along on the journey. Well, we'll see because there's a, a few different things to work out. So how about I sort of set the stage for you sort of for listeners to know as well what sort of situation I'm in and then maybe we can dive into some of your thoughts and see where I might be able to go. Yeah, it's perfect. Let's do it. So right now, my attention is split between client work. My client work brings in around 120k a year and I have a spattering of other products and uh, podcasts that bring in another 30k or so. Within that client work, I have one whale client and I've got four other podcasts that I either edit or I produce, including this show, which is the only other client show I co-host. So the rest of them I just edit or produce in some capacity. This like client work takes up the majority of my time. I sort of see this as my job. At the time of writing this, I have two other podcasts that I host. Indie Bites, which is a 15-minute show where I interview other founders, indie founders, and a co-hosted one called This Indie Life. Indie Bites has good listenership. That makes around 16K a year. And then I've got what I have, what I call the side project bucket. This is stuff that may potentially have the most potential to turn into an asset rather than me trading time for money, which is what this client work is. A few years ago, I made a podcast course, which made a few thousand. I could spin that into something bigger. Then I've got a totally unrelated handmade leather wallet Shopify store that I really enjoy that makes around 10k a year. So my goal for all of this is to make around 300-400k a year. That'll be lovely because that'll be like pretty much financial freedom for me and I want to build a business rather than just being a freelancer. I also want to continue to have the flexibility that I enjoy at the moment. Client work rarely allows for that. I I do have flexibility but often I've still got my deadlines to hit every week. And then to round it all off, I'd love to become a successful lemon squeezy merchant so we can use it as a case study on this show. All right, I've set the scene, Gerald. What are your initial thoughts? You said a couple things in there that actually kind of made my mind go a little bit. I So, okay, so you, I think you've successfully done that notion of buying your time, right? Like you, you, you've, you found a way to stair step, in Rob's words, stair step your way to basically paying for your time like you have this quote-unquote steady income stream that allow that kind of enables you to maybe step out of the next phase or step into the next phase yeah so the way i would think about this is and you've already you've already alluded to this but here's the things that i that kind of stuck out to me that you said one is you've hardly made any time into your course you've already spent any time into that mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of focus around like podcasting, editing, what I feel like you're, you, you feel like you're good at. And then also kind of a little bit of scatteredness over here. I, you know, obviously I think this goes to what do you want as here's your personal goals. It seems like you, you have a number that you want to hit, but in order yeah. to hit that number, you're not willing to sacrifice just taking on a bunch of client work. So I guess the first thing I would say is get, probably narrowing in that focus a bit and, and saying no to things. So I, I, that would be my first question to you is, is there anything where you feel like you could narrow in on that focus? It seems like with your mind, your context of your mind is in podcasting, editing. It's almost seems natural now that if we go back to what I said was James has this income, he feels stable that's giving you this kind of springboard of this platform to enable you to work on this podcast course. That could be a thing that makes money while you sleep. You don't trade your time for money. And I think it's a safe bet to make, but how do you react when I say that? Like, are you willing to go into a bat cave for a few months and get the chapters outlined and produce everything that you need to, in terms of the, the curriculum and the material? Yes, but it- the course that I've made a course, right? I've made and sold uh, some amount of this course and it was some of the best income that I've ever made because it was the first time that it was money while I sleep. But there must be a reason why I have not touched this since I sold it maybe two years ago. I'm really good at podcasting, but I've not always massively enjoyed it. So the idea of like having focus on that course is more drawn by the idea that I want to build uh, an asset or something that makes money while i sleep rather than what's putting me towards something i'm really passionate about are you saying you're not passionate about podcasting or you are or there's there's certain or is there an element of podcasting that you don't like is it the editing is it the what is it it's hard to say because i've been through like the mental health stuff over the past couple of years where i've sort of transitioned to just doing podcasting so i think i associate some of that with the, mm. the negative stuff and like trying to build this perfect ideal life for me where i'm doing exactly what i want all of the time which frankly is not possible and i've had to realize that despite not absolutely loving podcasting i really do believe in it as a medium and i've got good at it as well through doing so many of them so I like to see that, like helping other people launch podcasts has been very satisfying and fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So your original question, do I feel like I could go into a cave and start to like nail out making like expanding this course and turning it into something that can be more of a business rather than just something that I launched a side project two years ago and haven't really touched since. So yeah, I don't get excited about doing that, but I feel like to get to the next stages, I have to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it's interesting you call that out because even the timing, two years ago, you launched the course, two years ago, you went through some things mentally. So, mm. you know, maybe like you said, there's just like this negative connotation tied to it that's maybe doesn't isn't fair. I also think that there's a lot of like, like you said, you're, you're going to get a lot of satisfaction from creating something from your bare hands that you get to see go out there to the world. Yeah. I also think that maybe you could look at it like that was a test run and it was almost a, let's see if this, let me throw this against the wall, see if it sticks. And it did. So maybe if you actually doubled down on that, you could make it even better. And I'm talking more, like we had Aaron France on here from Screencasting. He went and bought a huge yeah. domain. He paid someone to design this sexy landing page. And he really d- just went to a cave and went into the curriculum and laid it all out. And clearly, he, you know, he said that that, pay- that was a big payoff for him. And so 
I also think too, there's a lot of intangibles to that course, James. I think it puts you up into a different space in terms of podcasting authority, right? Where people, mm-hmm. it, it kind of, there's intangibles in terms of what does that open up the doors for James? Where do you go with that? How could you, what else could you do with that? The nice thing too, is it, it doesn't need to box you in. That could be a time box thing, James, where you say, okay, I'm going to get a little bit more regimented where I have my personal time that I like to like putter with. I've got my client work and I've got this, this course. So now I'm focused. And then I can also time box that last piece and say, I have an appetite of two months. I'm going to give February and March of my life to making this podcast course the best I can. I'm going to hire designers. I'm going to whatever you need to do Mm -hmm. and throw it out there and then see what happens. The nice thing about it is it's not like a SaaS or a software where you like, you know, you take six months to build it and then you're stuck for a year trying to promote it to see if you can get this thing to work. You are just putting this out there, putting some effort into it, seeing if that works, but you can now try some other bets that maybe you want to explore, but maybe it actually with the focus, you finally get to check that box off. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when I originally launched that course, it was exactly that, but on a smaller scale, it was time boxing. I time boxed it first in a weekend and then it was done in two weeks. And I was very satisfied that I managed to time box and get it out there. If I did this on a slightly larger scale, say I spent a month or two, like expand the course, bringing it up to date, repositioning it, building a marketing website, great but then how do i continue with it like thinking more beyond that initial time box where i can throw it out there like i i don't feel very satisfied with just like making a really good product and then putting it out there i want to how can i make this into something that continually makes money over the next few months how do i build a marketing machine for it Mm. as well well i mean James, you're, you know this stuff. Like, I think right now you could throw a landing page up, you get an email list going to basic stuff. I know this is basic, but then, yeah, you have to think mm-hmm. of a distribution. But you know this. If you use Lemon Squeezy, like, you can have affiliate program. You have so many people that you can reach out to and say, I'm building a course. When this gets ready, I'm going to pay, you know, X amount for sales. So promote me. Like, it'll be the first time that I think you've asked, right? You've done a lot in terms of, giving people exposure, giving people a platform to tell their story, to promote Mm -hmm. their products, their business for years. And now you're finally going to come back with an ask that I think is 100% reasonable to say, hey, hey, remember me, James, I I got you on my show. Can you help me with this? Right? Like, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised about what happened. And I think that I'm not saying I'm just saying that's one channel. But you know, you're going to have to nurture that email list. You're going to have to create new curriculum. You're going to have to build hype around maybe new chapters. Maybe you have the first one is where you edit. What do you edit with again? Descript actually. Okay. Yeah. So, so the first, first course is around Descript editing that you, maybe you have an add on or something that comes out later about Adobe Premiere. The next one's about Autopod FM. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, however you want to do it, you could, but you, then you could even say like, you've got all these other add-ons that are coming and coming that kind of help the email list and make that course an ongoing thing. You're right. There, there is a pre-existing playbook on how to do this stuff. And it's not necessarily complicated, but it does take a little bit of grunt work to make happen. Simple doesn't mean easy, but I think exactly. if you go into this with, like you're going into it saying, okay, I've got, I make, I make this, I want to make this. These are all the things I could do. So, and I, and I think those are all really, really good ideas. None of those are bad. I think it's just, 
like we talked about on the last episode, James, remember it was like, I do think that if this year you could just focus a little bit, I, I actually think you'll, it's not just about the context switching and, and staying focused. It's also about what we're discussing right now. So now that you're getting focused on this idea, you're asking the hard questions that you need to execute on. Like, okay, how do I think about distribution? How do I get an affiliate program set up? How do I do all these things? You're going to have a lot of those questions answered. What about the actual time I allocate to this? Because right now, a lot of my time is taken up with client work. And the spare time I have, I'm not sure I necessarily use it to work. I'm often using it to do fun things. Um, and that means it's it's been kind of hard for me to get back into the zone on uh, days where I'm not doing client work. Do I outsource some of my client work? Do I lose some of my smaller clients? Or do I work a bit more? Probably outsourcing is going to be a little bit more work. If you're time boxing this, if you're just going to say, okay, I'm ready to jump in February and March and just go balls to the walls on this thing. I worry you're going to get sucked into finding someone, training them, checking their work. It's, it might be a little bit more work than it probably needs. It, it does feel like if you're making, you know, 120 off this and 100K of that's coming from one client, yeah, you could probably mm. maybe get rid of a, a customer or two. That's probably the easier thing to do. Or get rid of like the, do you still doing this indie life? You're not doing that anymore, right? No, no, we, okay. we, we're yet to announce it, but. Well, there's some time back. Yeah, and, and I yeah. think there's a blend. I mean, Look, like it's that it's that one saying of you need to live kind of like right now, like most people aren't willing to do to give you yeah. the chance to live how most people can't. Right. And I'm not saying you're going to build the next billion dollar unicorn. But when you talk about making three or four hundred thousand dollars a year, four hundred thousand dollars a year, I mean, you're in the top like one percent of earning. Right. So if mm. you want to get to that level, you're going to have to get a little bit uncomfortable and, and almost get comfortable with being uncomfortable for a second. And you're not even asking for that much time, you know, like, so I'm saying if you time box it for 60, 90 days, that's not that long, you know? And then it's, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's kind of the winter time. It's the fresh start of the year. It's a good fresh perspective. You can maybe have some, you know, get to the summer months where you start to play golf or whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. But you know, you, you kind of have this little reward ahead that, but you, it, it's a mental thing. Like, this is all mental for you, I think. Like, listening to this. You get me all excited, actually, JR. The, um, yeah. And I, I sometimes get this feeling when I'm like, right, yeah, I'm, I'm getting hyped now on what JR just said. But getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, I have struggled with this a lot. I am far too comfortable, and I don't make the most of this opportunity I have of now being comfortable with money, mostly, having so much time, no kids, single, right? I've got so much time to spend on this stuff and I don't make the most of it. And who am I to not make the most of this opportunity I have? And it's not even like I'm I'm trying to search for the right idea to come along. I've got something here in podcasting that I can turn into something. And it I'm just saying. takes a bit of execution. Yes. Get a little bit of execution in that body. Get a little, little like execution bone going. <laughs> So I, I far too much I rest on my laurels and get a bit too comfortable and I need a bit more of being uncomfortable because as we spoke about on our mental health episode, being uncomfortable is actually what makes me feel happy, right? It, it's having that uncomfortableness and like overcoming the challenges. It's having that challenge and going, right, how am I going to get to that next point? So 
this may just be a bit of a motivational chat, but I do need to I do need to make it happen. It's also accountability thing. If we turn this into a series and then you're having to check in every time, you know, and say, Hey James, how's it going? before we kick mm-hmm. off, you know, or at the end or whatever. I mean, I think that would help you just kind of kick the can down the road like or stop kicking the can down the road and, and do it now. Just a little bit of temporary pain for some like long term, you know, happiness, I think is worth yeah. it. The, the other thing too about this is you're in a unique position because one, I think you have some built-in distribution that you're not thinking about. Like I said earlier, I think you actually have a decent following. Maybe it's not a hundred thousand people, but it is the exact audience, right? Mm-hmm. That you would want to tap into. You also have a lot of people that you can ask for help for promotion with distribution, which I think is powerful that not a lot of people have access to like you do. And I also think that, you have a, maybe it's bare bones, but you have an outline or a launch point with your course already. All you need to do now is take it up to the next level from a design perspective, curriculum perspective, the production perspective of how the, how your customer consumes that content. You could make an audio and a video version. You could make, like you could really level everything up yeah. and make it pretty amazing. And man, I'm like, I'm almost jealous that you have all that knowledge that you get to package that up and, and spit it to like the exact audience you'd want to spit it to like that. Mm-hmm. Who, who has that opportunity? Like there's not a lot of people. So you're so right. And I, I also do get a little bit excited about the marketing side of this course, creating those videos about gear and podcasting and editing and processes and the playbook that i see a lot of these content creators use to help sell their courses or edit whatever other digital assets they have thomas frank great example of showcasing his notion stuff yeah and this isn't like a you know there's a lot of sometimes there's people saying like oh it's a course and but honestly this is a really like unique course that i think brings a lot of value and you get to deliver it in a really unique medium through the way that you do things. You you have this ability to the way you speak, and it's you're the perfect person to do it. And I also think too, there's other monetization plays. There's the course production, but yeah, and the sales. There's at the, and the, and that could be a one time fee. It could be you could do quarterly plans, you know, to help people kind of pay for the course, depending on the price tags, you could do add ons like we discussed where you, you, you know, you, the course curriculum expands over time and that allows you to continually make this course up to date. And I also think there is a partnership slash affiliate play that you could just bake right into this thing where it's people sign up through your transistor link, you know, work, work a deal with transistor, go to Justin. Hey, give my, give my course people this, Give them the first month free or ask for something that they can sign mm-hmm. up for. You get paid. So now you're getting all of these things. And that, yeah, does that take a little bit of work to go get links and create the offers? Yes. But if you're going to do all this right now, just get it built in. It's, it's that whole concept of create it once, sell it forever. You get that. You get to finally experience that. You've had a little taste of it. And then you kind of went into your slump, but now you're back. And you're ready to go. and Yeah, so you think I can easily execute on this in the existing time I have with just a little bit of getting uncomfortable, working a bit harder than I currently am, and I can continue. I could maybe remove some of my pre-existing clients, some of those extra ones that don't take a massive amount of time, but could do without that and refocus that effort on this course. 
Yeah, or it could be maybe because that's a steady stream of income and that makes you comfortable and you don't have any risk. You don't want to have any risk. You know, maybe it's one of those things where you, you know, like Wistable, the the wallet business. It's really yeah. cool and it's a great outlet for you. But maybe you just put pause on the orders. It doesn't mean that that has to go away. It's not dead. You can always come back to it. And yeah, dude, like <laughs> put a little effort in, burn a little bit of that midnight oil. Like you're, you know what I mean? You're gonna have to do that, and that's okay. I think as long as you you don't exert yourself so much that you burn yourself out. But I think you're smart enough to not do that. Yeah, yeah. I you're right about the the wallet thing. The, the it's so much fun, but I've actually resorted to it being a um, weekend thing, and I love. Uh, I tell you, I I hired a workshop. Yeah, I saw a picture of that. Yeah, yeah, it's great, and that is now. I mean, I put it on Twitter for the likes, to be quite honest, and it worked. But (laughs) (laughs) uh, it's basically there so I can move it out of my flat, so I'm not distracted by it when I'm here working, and also so I can go there on a Friday afternoon if I've got time, or on a weekend, just so I can use it for fun, and I'm not too concerned about that being a money maker because as much as I enjoy it. Like, I don't want to take the fun out of it by turning it into too much for business for now, maybe. Do you, do you feel like there's more opportunity in the podcasting stuff with where I am right now? Oh, I absolutely do. I mean, I, I think podcasting is is growing. I think it's more and more popular. It's getting more accessible. I think that there's new and new generations of people coming in and getting access to it. They want to know how to do it. They want to, they want to learn how to make it, the production good. I think we're also mm-hmm. reached a point where there's not just like loads of money out there. And so people want to maybe bring some of this stuff, learn how to do it themselves. I just think you have so many things working for you. This is not start something from scratch and throw this big bet out there and see if it works. You kind of already know. What was the name of your first course, by the way? Two hour podcast, how to uh, start, launch and grow a podcast in two hours or less a week. So would you, would you rename that or would you go off of that well i was going to ask you a question about this because i really like that positioning it sets me apart from the other podcasting courses that are out there and i that is one of the biggest barriers i see people put up when they go in to start a podcast because i do believe if you want to start a pod you can do it in less than two hours a week easily and so much so i don't know if i'll put this in the episode but I was watching one of Ali Abdal's videos and Ali Abdal makes tons of money with courses. He said in one of his videos, this was a year or so after I launched mine saying, oh, we're going to launch a podcasting course and how you can do it in less than two hours a week. So if Ali Abdal thinks it's a good idea and I've already got the positioning, I think I'm happy with it. But what, what, what's your thoughts? Do you, do you think that maybe it should expand into something that like doesn't limit me from just being the two hour podcasting? Just, just by the way you ask the question, you feel I should change it, right? Yeah, I think the positioning is good. I think, I think the positioning is good, but I think you could have maybe a more, like a better name that really like brings everything under it. Like I think the two-hour podcast, or you know, create a podcast in two hours a week, kind of thing. Like that whole positioning is amazing. I just don't know if it has to be the exact name. Do you only have this website, or do you have like a Twitter on this, YouTube, or anything? Only the website. Yeah. Okay. 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 Perfect. So yeah, I think that you need to come up with a badass name. Think of it like this. So I keep bringing up Transistor, but let's just say Transistor has a really good guide on how to start a podcast. So go ask Justin, say, hey, I've got this this new course. 
teaches everybody how to do it. Are you? Are, would you be willing to send any? You know, if anybody really wants to go a step further, use transistor. I have a whole course packaged around this. Send them my way. So, you could. I guess what I'm trying to say is, sometimes when you put it in that context, it might actually help you think of the name and the positioning that you want this to come across to that customer. And think of it like this too. Think of it in a, another year, James. Like where you think you could take this course, where it could be. There, here's the two-hour podcast series. There's also, if you, there may be some a la carte stuff. So it's just like, I just want to learn how to use Descript for my podcast. Yeah. I just want to learn how to use Adobe Premiere. I want to learn how to, you know, those like the big thing right now is like those little short clips for TikTok and YouTube shorts. Mm-hmm. You could do a whole course on that. How to edit those, take clips out, put, put the words over the text. Like you could sit here and do things over and over and sell different chapters or add-ons or buy the whole course. And it's it, what's nice about it is it provides evergreen content for you to just constantly push out. Hey guys, I just added this this new chapter, or I just added this add-on. You can buy it, or you can, if you're if you're a, if you've bought the course, you get access to it. If not, you need to you can buy it or buy the whole course. And so it's like this evergreen constant thing going. Mm-hmm. So in order to make it a business, there needs to be opportunity for expansion within it rather than just being solely on the two hour how to make it in two hours a week yeah and it might not be what you want but just to just to throw this out there you already do the service space business of podcast editing it could be a great feeder for that business where maybe and i don't know if you want employees but if you did and you actually did hire an editor maybe that's what you end up doing you now have a lead gen flow into someone's like i don't you don't want to do this yourself come over here to Quote, you know, whatever your brand name is, we have a service that will edit your podcast for you. And my team does it, right? It could be a nice lead gen tool for you as well. But I don't know if you want to go down that path. Yeah, I think... I don't know, when you when you were starting out, did you always want to build something with employees and something bigger than just you? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to the first question I asked in the very beginning, which it depends on you and your goals, right? Like if you just want a solo entrepreneur... I don't work, I don't play well with others so this is what I'm going to do. Then you're probably on the right path and just just do this and build the course. I think you should repackage it up a little bit. I think you should hire a designer to get this page done the right way with copy and the right content and pricing. I will say this page lacks a lot of that and we could I could even help you kind of clean this up from a positioning standpoint. And that's great. But I do think that because you are kind of cementing yourself as kind of a podcast guru, like mm-hmm. you are becoming the man, that's not a bad thing. And maybe you should capitalize on that a little better than you are. How do you think this sits with my existing audience, which is around more indie hacking rather than podcasting? Because I feel like I, I could grow this by using other means, say YouTube, SEO, ads. But like I've still got this other podcast, which is called Indie Bytes, which is earns money and I'm not going to stop doing, but I kind of need my Twitter to help get new listeners for that. Whereas I'm going to have this split thing, right? I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see like a conflict. I don't see a, I don't see the issue there. I really don't. Just do both. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that someone coming onto your show with Indie Bytes, I, I honestly think it almost brings more, even more clout to, to who James is and what you do is not only are you a great host, not only are you do you have a great long running show, but you also have like a world class course that teaches people how to do what you do. What is wrong with that? Mm-hmm. 
No, true. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Back back to what like my goals. I've always been in survival mode with any sort of business endeavor I've had. When I first started out, it was like, how oh, how can I leave my job? And then when I left my job, it was like, how oh, shit? How can I pay the bills and make this work? Or oh, and then it was mental health. How do I actually survive doing this and earn money while I'm struggling to work? So I've never really been in a position to think right. I want to turn this into a business with employees and something bigger than just me. I think that's actually a really good point. And I think it's good that you can kind of think that. I think it's you're, it goes back to you being uncomfortable a little bit. And I think you're almost uncomfortable to go on the offense. You know what I mean? Like you're, you, you start to probably get a little sweaty <laughs> thinking about managing someone or bringing someone in. Or, but again, you don't have to start there right now. But you already you've already been exploring. Do I bring someone to edit? I mean, maybe you even just say that it's like I'm not going to have this massive company, but maybe it's just me and five guys or five gals eventually. Mm-hmm. That's not a huge company. That's you guys get along. You have a great dynamic. You you know you you guys have a great thing going. And I'm just saying that's something you could work towards. And maybe that's exciting for you now. Maybe now that you're finally the vibration in your life has slowed down. You have some stability. That's just, it's just a new season. You're just, you know, you're just changing and evolving and that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it like every now and again, it comes through my, um, through my headspace. All right, let's try and actually build a business with employees because I think it's something that I do want and an opportunity that I'd be passing by and not only for myself, but also making a really cool place to work for some employees because I disagree with a lot of the ways that most employees are treated at companies. And I want to make it fun and enjoyable for a person. Mm. And if I can bring that to a select free people, either locally or they work remote, then great. But because of my own like stability struggles, financially, mentally, whatever, I don't want to end up having that impact in someone else. So for you, is that just something that, right, I'm going to turn, I'm, I want an employee and in order for that to happen, I need to have more stability and actually make that, make it work so I can do that. I've got to understand my numbers. I've got to understand how how we get customers in and how we're going to regularly be earning enough money to pay someone's salary. Yeah, I think for right now, if I was you, I would try to separate those two as best you can into three things i think you have the first thing right now which is your you've got a system and it's working for james you have time to for your freedom you're you feel stable and you it's allowing you to start thinking about some some yeah going on the offense ideas personally i think the least risk the least amount of friction and the least amount of work for you is to package up your knowledge and put it into a world-class course that looks really good that's that's executed from a design and positioning standpoint and you can now start to build that asset over this 2024 year. See where that goes, right? Like maybe just start there. I would just say that and then leave that third door open though. The one about, okay, this business of mine, whatever it's called, maybe it now all goes under this umbrella where you have James's company and I have a course and I have my editing service and I might hire someone here if I need to. Yeah. That's okay. Like I think that's maybe the best way to think of it is like that could be the th- the, th- the third leg, right? But don't force it yet. Just stay focused on this first thing. Get it out the door. See what happens. I guess what I'm saying is I think that will naturally come to be, come to life when you get this out there and see what sort of inbound traffic you have or inbound interest you have, right? 
But I honestly think, James, like if you can say 2024 is my year to invest in my course, my course business and get this thing out there, I'm just speaking from experience, man. Anytime I just try to stay focused and, and I, yeah, you got to learn how to say no, man. Cool. So we decided that this year should be the year of making my course happen and I should time box 60, 90 days, get a little bit more uncomfortable, work a little bit harder to actually revise this course, update the position a little bit. Maybe it's away from two hour podcast to expand the offering that I can do, figure out the distribution. Should I like figure that out before I launch, like actually put a plan in place and start yeah. to do some pre-selling first and start to make some of the YouTube videos? Yeah. Cause it's that thing where you don't want to just build it all and then be like, Hey guys, it's here. You know, you kind of want to, yeah. you're going to have to do that upfront which is going to be a little mm-hmm. uncomfortable again. Do you think like email audience is the best way to I, do yeah, that? I think, I, think getting, I think getting a name, getting a little landing page with an opt-in box for an email and say, okay. hey guys, spend a week on it. Get the name, get the logo, get the site looking really good, refresh, hire a designer mm-hmm. and say, guys, this is it. 2024 is my year for my course. Sign up, it's coming. And then by the way, if you want to become an affiliate, here's a little link at the bottom. I'm looking for partnerships. I'm looking for start to, you know, and then start sending some messages. Hey guys, this is coming. Hey guys, here's a sneak peek of what this is look like. Hey guys, here's some early positioning I'm going to be doing. Like that'll be part of the email, right? You could do that once a week of just all the things you're doing or once a month or whenever it's ready. But yeah, I think you got to do it up front. Could I do that in Lemon Squeezy? Because you've got the email sending or is that just for once you've sold? No, um, you can. No, you can do it now. So you can just collect people that haven't bought anything and they just want to subscribe. Yeah. And you can do it. You could do it with Lemon Squeezy. You could do it with ConvertKit or MailChimp. And we have integrations with those. You could do Beehive and use webhooks. You can, however you want to collect the emails, feed them in. And then you can actually start signing up affiliates too. Pretty freaking cool that. See, but I think, I think this is a good, like, again, this is a good lesson of just like, when you really start to narrow in the focus, you get, you start to ask these really important questions. Okay, this is what I'm doing. So I'm going to do, all right, let's start thinking about distribution. Let's start thinking about partnerships. Let's start thinking about how I'm going to actually roll this out. You're like getting down to the nitty gritty, which is where the mm-hmm. magic happens. With, with my client work, that should be just pause where it is right now. And just if there's opportunities that come up from the back of what I'm doing with this course, if they are really exciting opportunities, then maybe explore them. Uh, but for now, that is pause and even potentially um, dropping some of those smaller clients. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're all pretty simple. I just keep them and wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't worry too much about trying to shake anything up there. But yeah, I mean, if, if someone comes on super interesting and like I said, keep that last door open of, I'm sure you have someone that's, you know, would be a good editor that's maybe inexpensive that you can hire as a contract basis that kind of eventually might make yeah. it in. But hey, I got this client and I mean... I don't know, you know, just figure out a margin. Just like, hey, they're going to pay me 4K a month and I'm willing to pay you two grand a month. You know, you don't have to tell them that, but just this is what my business is. And if you're interested, here's some work, you know. Cool. Well, I I think this has still been very helpful. I think one of the biggest things I've got to get my head around is the positioning and the name because that can be like a big barrier if I'm like constantly yeah. thinking, oh, I've got to get the right positioning in the name before I start. And then it's carving the time setting the time maybe it's every friday and then executing maybe it's maybe i make time every day to do it but it's like actually making it happen 
Well, we should give it a series and you're going to, I mean, yeah, you're going to have some accountability because we're going to be recording every week and now we're going to have people commenting and asking where's James on his journey. We should, yeah. maybe it too. It's a, there could be a couple goals of like launch the course and then maybe there's a revenue target of like $10,000 a month or something that, you know, you're aiming for. Maybe, maybe the project's called project hundred K or something, right? It's like James's journey from idea to, to launching a course and buying back his time i don't know what you call it but something like that we'll think we'll, we'll think of a pithy way to brand the process of guessing to being a successful yeah. lemon skis creator and also a pithy name for the course itself this is great yeah i think this has been good i think this will help a lot of people too i hope so i hope that there'll yeah. be learnings throughout it that when i'm going through the process that will help other people who are in that process at the same time mm. and maybe we should put a call out to those that are listening who are thinking of becoming a creator or they want to launch a course or something similar they should subscribe and follow on to along this journey and maybe you can do it with me because we are starting out at almost the same position right I, i'm starting out where i've pretty much got my day job which is my podcast editing i'm gonna have to get a bit uncomfortable with putting the extra hours in to launch this course that i can eventually maybe tail off my client work a little bit and just make money from my creator business i love it all right man well any other thoughts on this today or should i wrap it up no, I don't think so. I think you should get the... I think now that we've kind of framed what we want, I think you can mm -hmm. open this up, you know, kind of how you want and kind of frame this this idea of this series, right? Follow along, subscribe, that whole kind of thing. I think that's going to get people really, really excited. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be cool. And if those listening have any thoughts for me and my situation, any ideas... Please do let us know in the YouTube comments. Let us know on Twitter. Uh, all links are in the show notes or in the YouTube description. We'd love to hear from you. Really interested to see what people think. Okay, all right.